What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Blog Talk Radio. Ray and Tay today. Yes, Sports Radio's on, talking sports with friends, and you know we got it on. From the NFL to the NBA, MLB and college hoops do it all day. College football, we know who's number one. Understand, on the phones, you know we get it done. So call in, 718-664-9098, and we'll give you more. Hello, hello, and welcome to the show you're listening to Ray and Tay today, and I'm Ray Tall Rayside. And I'm Tay Eric Taylor. It is Lunes Monday. Give us a call, 718-664-9098. Like always, RayandTayToday.com. Send us your email. We, you know, we want to hear about what you think about the NBA, college, even the Grammys. We'll have fun with that. Ray and Tate today at gmail.com. We're all over social media. Ray, let's have some fun. Kick the Grammys around for a hot second before we get into a, an, a hoops show. Um, Adele, big winner, song and album of the year, five Grammys. I think Chance the Rapper got three, uh, including new uh, artist of the year, which was huge. Um, you know, I, I know, I think he set a record in the sense that. He's never released an album. He's only streamed. So that's big for the music industry in terms of it being something different. Um, overall, I guess for me, I thought it was an action-packed, solid Grammys. James Gordon, amazing host. He's just super funny and talented. From Lady Gaga to Adele for stopping the George Michael tribute, which was so emotional. I'm a big George Michael fan. And then restarting it. Uh, Beyonce, um, you know, Tribe Called Quest, real hip-hop at the Grammys. It just, and then when you have Morris Day in the time, I didn't love Bruno so much because I don't want anybody copying Prince and dressing like Prince. That's a little weird for me. But that but was overall, a tribute. That was a tribute. Yeah, no, I know, I know, but it's like Prince's body's still warm, right? I don't know. I just feel like Bruno... To me, I think he's trying to move into that lane too much, and I want him to stay in his own lane. Just my opinion. Overall, I thought it was a great Grammys, um, and I did think Beyonce, like Adele said, should have got album of the year for Lemonade. I love Hello, but 25's not her best album and not a great album at all. Uh, overall, what did you think about the Grammys? thought it was a very enjoyable show. The storyline going in was Beyonce versus Adele in that football, baseball, basketball paradigm, right? But (laughs) it turns out that with the three tributes, it became more of a community show. You know what I mean? It became more of like we're we're the recording artists, we're the music industry, we're coming together, we're playing tribute to the three, you know, uh, I don't want to say uh, they're all icons, but, you know, the the three people that really shaped 
you know, a few decades worth of music uh, in Prince, George Michael, even Fife Dog, across different genres. So I, I really enjoyed the show. And like you said, James Corden is a great host. He ba- he bows out when he needs to, but he loves music. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's other people that are, you know, funny and comedic, but he loves music. He's a comedian. He's a, He's got the funny, you know, bones in him. But you could tell deep in his heart he loved to be and, – and he's done stuff, in, in, you know – in, in acting and singing and stuff like that, but he he was great and and I just thought that it was a very entertaining way to pull everybody together and I you know I thought it was I thought it was one of the better shows of of all types you know Grammys Tonys uh, Emmys you know that sort of thing because it's a tough show because there's so many performances you know because in the Oscars and the SAG Awards there's a lot of speeches but here yeah. it's more performances. So you kind of have to balance kind of the speech with the performance. I thought it was I thought it was a very very good show. They knocked it out the park, and you make a great point about James Gordon. I can honestly say because the Grammys sometimes they get a little lazy. I think LL Cool J kind of hosted it a couple years. I would vote right now for James Gordon to host it. Give him like a three year contract because you feel that he loves music. He knows everybody's lyrics. Um, you know, as we know at his. Um, you know, taxi cab or his car ride, you know, thing. Carpool. And, yeah. yeah, carpool. <laughs> it's so funny, right? And and he's, it looks like he's got a deal with Apple Music where he's going to have a whole series of carpool stuff and, you know, get into different genres of music. But um, I, I, you were right. He, You feel it as a fan watching it. He made it a better night. So, hey, you know, tip, tip your hat to them. I was happy for my seven-year-old son, his uh, favorite uh, group, 21 Pilots. They won uh stressed out one for like i guess one of the pop singles of the year or something so uh great song and and good group and uh david bowie beat out 21 pilots their song heathens from suicide squad soundtrack david bowie won an award so good for him even though it seems like it's two years a year and a half later that was kind of awkward but you know whatever so uh good show i think now it's it's really time to chop into to some of this right where we at? Come on. Now time for NBA Talk. So let's work our way backwards. We'll get to Duran and Westbrook, Ray. Um, I want to focus on the game. I thought it was annoying that it was great to see Spike Lee wearing the Oakley jersey. I thought it was a little, you know, since we went off the air, you know, Dolan was on Michael Kay show on Friday afternoon and yada, yada, yada. But I just thought it was kind of cheesy and sad, almost pitiful for Dolan to have Sprewell back at the game who he stuck his tongue at, out at him, what, 13 years ago, and he hasn't been back in the garden. And to then, you know, also have him sitting with LJ and Bernard King because he knew he would be on ABC with the Spurs and didn't want to get – tremendously booed again um but besides that thought people are not giving enough love to a struggling Knicks team that you know beat a Spurs team and I get it it could be Melo's last game and most Knicks fans now Ray just want to lose and get a better draft pick but I would say it's hard for me to just you know sit there and say yeah Knicks lose and I was happy I thought Melo played great 21 in the second half 25 points and um, I won't be surprised if Melo stays and they move Derrick Rose. But overall disappointed in Dolan, but glad 
that the Knicks fans got to see and cheer on Sprewell, who was a great Nick for a short run. What are your thoughts? So I'm firmly in the camp that the Knicks need to rebuild. They need to get more talented. You can always get younger. So you need about two or three more Chris Stapps Porzingis's on the team. And I'm not sure Chris Stapps Porzingis you can build around. I'm not sure you win a title with Chris Stapps Porzingis, but he's a he's a very good, you know, solid piece to the puzzle. So in this draft, which is going to have a tremendous amount of potential, a lot of young kids coming out, size, uh, guards, you know, swing man. It, it's a great draft. Yeah. You want to be in the lottery. So as a Nick fan, I hate to say this because, you know, one of our good callers to the show, Hank, who's a Miami Dolphins fan, says, you know, once you start getting in that downward spiral and you start losing, you don't want to lose for the sake of losing. And then you got on the other hand of the spectrum, the Philadelphia 76 is trust the process. Uh, but I think the Knicks would be better off with more talent. And I think the way that we get talent in the NBA, unless you're the Miami Heat, you know, and you can sign in the same off season, you know, you can sign uh, Chris Bosh and, and LeBron James. You need to get <laughs> it by drafting. So I would like to see the Knicks make the playoffs, be in the, or sorry, miss the playoffs, be in the lottery. As far as Carmelo, I think for his sake, he needs to go somewhere else. I mean, we talked about this off air. He likes New York. He likes the lifestyle. But you know what? If in that draft class, Dwayne Wade, and they're all friends, right? If Dwayne Wade and LeBron James are the only ones of those friends to have, uh, I guess Bosch is part of that crew, but Melo needs a title. Chris Paul, Paul, the other friend. drafted the year after, he needs a title. These guys need titles, really. And I'm not saying to define them. They're great players. They're great players. Yeah. But but when they're 45, 50 years old, when they're kicking it with their friends, those other guys, and they have multiple rings, and they don't, Carmelo and Chris Paul in particular, they're going to be kicking themselves. And you know what? Barkley and you. Man, you want to put some jewelry on the table? You want to throw down yeah, some jewelry on the it, table? Yeah, like Mike Drop, put the jewelry on the table. You can hear all you want from Barkley and Ewing and Malone and Stockton. Well, and all they all guys. want one badly. They yeah. want one so badly. And, yeah. yeah, they're all Hall of Famers. And, yeah, they're all great players. But you know what? They're missing something in their own mind. They would have loved to have won. And especially Carmelo, who won as a freshman at Syracuse, right? So he tasted it. Yeah. He tasted it. You could argue that Stockton, Malone, Barkley, uh, and Ewing all went to an NBA Finals. So at least they can reminisce about the one, and, and in case of Stockton and Malone, the two. Uh, actually, Malone went three times with the, with the uh, Lakers. He went once, too. They could, they, could, they, could, they could taste it. They could be like, well, if this ball had gone this way, if this had done this way. Melo's only made it once past the second round of the playoffs. So, you know, mm, he, I, I want to see for his sake, too, to get out of New York. So I think in both, for both sides, I think Melo leaving, freeing up the money, starting fresh in New York, and Melo going after a championship, I want, I want to see this marriage end. couple of things. I totally agree with you, and I don't know. I assume they have their first-round pick this year. Um, as far as trading Melo or Rose or anybody, I don't know if they can get a first-round pick. And I'm looking at some of these teams that are missing the playoffs, and who potentially could take a point guard, like, you know, maybe it would get them in the lottery. Maybe it's the Pelicans. Maybe it's, 
you know, the Mavericks, you know, the Kings, who might want a Derrick Rose. Uh, one deal was done the other day, and I feel bad for your boy Mason Plumley, right? First, Miles was just traded, Plumley. I was about to say, Plumley's the parents need to now change up. Yeah, they're throwing Plumleys around. But Mason Plumley was traded after his car was broken into, and he had to, like, cancel his credit cards, his wallet, I mean, all this stuff. But what's weird is that he goes from the ninth seed up to the eighth seed to the Denver Nuggets, and it's just surprising that they're so close battling each other for that last fight in the West that they would make that deal. And I guess the Blazers got back um, the center. But I get confused, right? Both those guys have similar names. Did they get the real good one or the one that's not as good? Did they get Jerkic or Jukic? The one that's not as good. Yeah, the one that's not as good. And apparently, and I'm I'm scratching my head on this. Apparently, second round pick for a lottery pick for something. Second round pick, and the and and apparently the the Blazers were going to have a terribly tough time signing Plumlee, which I'm thinking about it. I'm like, other than Dame Lillard and CJ McCollum, and maybe maybe those two guys max you out, but who else are they paying? Where is their well, money going? The Alpha Aminu? Remember they signed, they signed and paid uh, Aminu and Evan Turner to bigger contracts. I guess, because that's why they had to get a Plumley. They actually like Plumley a lot. He's doing great. Mm. He's, you know, like 11 and, and, and almost 8, 9 rebounds. Yeah. And yet they, didn't, they, they just made a, a business decision that they didn't have the money to sign him next year. <clears throat> it's bizarre. Um, let's, let's talk about our guy, the current, uh, potential most valuable poet on MIC, Russell Westbrook. We knew, and we both predicted on Friday that, you know, he would win the war or win the battle and lose the war. And look, the cupcakes came and they, they, they put the frosting and the cake on top of (laughs) OKC and they make the jello pudding pops. And you can call the Warriors what you want, but what you're going to probably call them is champs and the most efficient team in NBA history when it's all said and done. And that was a whooping. And, you know, I'm starting to actually feel bad for Westbrook because the team didn't, they didn't really build it right for him in the off season. They really haven't acquired any shooters. I get, you know, the whole Oladipo, Serge Ibaka deal. It's another sort of wing athletic player, but he's not a real shooter. And when, you know, with Cantor out and you watch the Thunder play, it's heroic, not just what he's doing, but the fact that they're even the seventh seed and 31 and 20, whatever, three or four. But you know what I mean? Like, he's got no help. So tonight should be fun just to see Westbrook against John Wall and that battle, you know, him and Oladipo against Beal and Wall. But Ray, it's got to be so frustrating for Westbrook. And, you know, you you just – I don't even know what to say anymore. Um, But I don't think that friendship is going to be mended for a long time. And the boos were just. It wasn't as bad as LeBron got booed. Uh, I thought it was a a good, hefty booing. And, you know, what did Durant expect? What did anybody, you know, expect? He didn't win a title. There's not going to be a video tribute, and he deserved to get booed. He went to the arch rival, so you know, or at least the team that they lost to in Game Seven last year. I think I think in five years though th- this will change. I think yeah. First of all, there's an outside chance he might pull a pull a LeBron and come back. 
Um, Why well, not? <laughs> Why not? Why not? With his championship in Golden State, and then go back. But but put that aside for a sec. The fans needed to treat him better. He he left, but you know what? People forget last time he could have left four years ago. Yeah. He could have left four years ago. He re-upped quietly. He took his money. He didn't even. You know how most people, at least even if they think they're going to sign, they make the team chase and they make the team at twelve oh one show up at the door well, they go and do all that. Another team. He and he's nobody. like, Nah, I'm 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 staying here. And remember, he got drafted by the Seattle SuperSonics. So he moved from Seattle to Oklahoma City when they were a brand-new team, a brand-new franchise, put in a good eight years. So this is what free agency is all about. It's the ability to take your talents wherever you want. So I I really don't have any beef with him leaving. Now, you could argue he's a front-runner and he went to Golden State and and, and he left his boy Russell Westbrook high and dry, and and he didn't – just like LeBron messed up in how he did it with the whole, you know, I didn't call Dan Gilbert – how are you not going to tell Russell Westbrook that you're leaving? Yeah, you don't send you know, him that, a text. That's, that's your guy, right? And, and so that was a little <laughs> bit weak. So, so yeah, again, I think it was more in the execution than it was in, in, it was in the how instead of the what. But what you see is exactly why Durant went, is that Durant has a posse. And, uh, Russell and a game Westbrook, is so easy. Is Russell exactly? It's so, so easy. easy they, they love the game. They're unselfish. They're supremely talented offensively and not bad defensively. And they play well, probably above their heads a little bit defensively because individually. And Ray, let's probably, be honest. It's a big four. It's not a big three because I'm tired of people disrespecting Draymond Green. Ray, he is, you know, and could have won Defensive Player of the Year the last two years. You know, battling against Kawhi, might get it this year. But you saw the the game before when he you know was a little banged up and Durant wanted him to play. He had a triple double, scoring four points, but he had ten steals. Ray, I mean, ten what ten steals? I don't know how many assists and and, and rebounds. But that's a great. He should have scored a little more. He would have put him in really rare air. I think it was like Alvin Robertson. Yeah. Could have been Alvin Robertson, right? <laughs> Akeem Olajuwon had quadruple doubles. But yeah. yes, you're hundred percent right. Uh, Draymond Green's a top twenty player in the NBA. Oh, so yeah. you figure they have four of the top 20 in the, on that team Easy. and probably, what, two of the top five. So yep. that, that's, that, that team's hard to beat. Uh, there's no reason why they're not the odds-on favor to win it all. Um, you know, they were up 3-1, you know, with a chance to beat Cleveland last year. So, yeah, they're the best team in the game. There's no doubt about it, and that's what Kevin Durant joined. So the NBA is getting some criticism in a sense that it's just like, ah, oh, we got to just wait to June. It's everyone knows it's Warriors Cavs, but I don't know. I mean, you could argue there were times where it was like, Hey, everybody knew it was Lakers Celtics, you know, da, da, da. there were a couple of the teams. And I guess maybe this time around it's the last two years. It's a little top heavy. Yeah. We thought last year, San Antonio and OKC could compete this year. We just think maybe it's San Antonio, nobody in the East. But I think the NBA in its history, Ray, has thrived over these sort of, you know, great teams. Does it make it less interesting for you? I mean, because to me, I, we still love the individual talent that every team has, whether it's Giannis or Hayward or, um, you know, DeMarcus or Westbrook or Harden. I still think the league is entertaining. How do you view it 
and do you think it's a problem or will the fans just complain and everybody will love it when it gets down to game, you know, the finals and it's LeBron against, you know, the, the Warriors again. So it turns out that people like the Goliaths. Oh, and they love people it. like the, the Lakers going. and the Celtics, <laughs> right, going at it in the finals. So mm-hmm. I think – the league might be in a great place in the sense that it has the best of both worlds, right? It has these two mega teams that are on to meet each other in the finals, and yet they have a lot of storylines. They have the Hardens and the Westbrooks and the up-and-comers, and in, in, I wish uh, Carl Anthony Towns' team was winning more, but Carl Anthony uh, Towns and Anthony yeah. Davis, and, and they still have some young studs, and and the game is becoming, you know, more wide open, offensive oriented again, crazy athletic. So I think the NBA is fine. Uh, I don't think that this can last. So I don't think you can have five years in a row, six years in a row of Cavs and Warriors. I think at that point people might get tired of it. But now it's still novel. It's like, wow, these three teams. Now nobody's ever done it before, right, three Three straight years of the same matchup. That's a first in NBA history if it happens. And it's better year. that it's 1-1 right now. That makes it more interesting, too. Right. This is the rubber match. But I, yeah. but, but I do think that if next year it was Cavs-Warriors again and the year after, then I think we'd have a threshold where people would be like, all right, enough already. Enough. I want some new blood. And, and maybe one of them reaching the finals, but not both of them. But if we're being honest, how far away is it that that uh, somebody interrupts that? Because we know it's probably going to happen this year, so that'll be three. When yep. we look at the Warriors next year, I don't know if anybody, the Clippers or Spurs, are going to do anything to catch them. And the NBA, you know, it's they've got to switch the the trade and the salary. The salary cap's fine, but maybe the trading structure for matching the salaries because it's too difficult to switch your team. The NFL, you feel like, you know, a couple good free agents, draft pick, right, whatever, you, you know, the Jets or the Rams could be in contention next year. We see it with the Falcons. Well, the NBA, you know, Toronto, Boston, uh, you know, Houston, you know, there's not, the, there's not that much hope in the NBA. Sacramento is not going to be able to compete next year for the chip. Do you know what I mean? Nope. So the NBA has got to fix that structurally. And that's what Michelle Roberts and Adam Silver need to work on. Fine. They got this great deal and they got it early, but Ray, I think that's where the NBA has got to fix things. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, I think, I think you bring up a good point that if you like dynasties, that's fine. But the problem is, how do you build those dynasties? How do you rebuild and how do you keep teams involved? And and the case in point is the NBA is benefiting now from, from dynasties, right? But we know as old school fans that you might not want to hear this in other parts of the country, but the NBA is better off and is more popular when the Lakers, the Celtics, the Knicks, the Sixers, the old school power base is good and right now except for the celtics those four teams are not that good and they don't look to be any good anytime soon so uh the sixers maybe i shouldn't say that the sixers maybe but they're probably a few years away so it comes to a point where even if you're not those four teams you want to have hope 
And the problem is when, when teams and franchises don't have hope, right? The Sacramento Kings, now, luckily for them, they're right near, geographically, right near the Warriors. But teams need hope. And when you start the season without hope, even if you have an Anthony Davis or even if you have a DeMarcus Cousins, it leads to a, you know, a bitter taste. So, yeah, I, I agree that the Knicks – the Celtics, the Celtics, okay, but the Knicks, the Lakers, those type of teams, Sacramento Kings, Milwaukee Bucks, they have some young talent, but you're not really going into a season thinking you really have a chance. So, yeah. yes, the, the Knicks, the, the those type of teams need to be excited about the season, during the season, but also yeah. so, GMs out there. Also, you, you want to give GMs some tools. You want to say to yourself, you know what, it's kind of like fantasy, right? Make some trades. That's interesting. Well, it makes it exciting for the league. It's exciting for the league. It's exciting for the fans. Right, because we love the offseason with free agency, but it's a lot harder for teams to get better, especially if the free agents are not going, you know, they're kind of all trying to flock together to have two or three super teams. So it makes it really, really difficult for somebody new to kind of interrupt that. We'll see how that plays out. Talking about super teams, Ray, you know, you can say the same thing as we move into college basketball. Um, We'll get into the top 25, but let's talk about sort of what happened this weekend. And you and I were talking off air. It's kind of weird how, you know, Monday is the AP top 25. And then Saturday, I guess the first sort of, you know, seeding of the, you know, top 16, copying the college football rankings and it was Villanova, Kansas, Baylor, and Gonzaga. So Gonzaga, I think they kind of got robbed being the fourth number one seed, where to me, they've already beaten Arizona and some other teams this year. And now, you know, after St. Mary's twice, I guess we'll have to wait to next Saturday to see where it's at. But at 26 and 0, they look like they're going to run the table, probably win the WCC to wind up. I think that would make them 33 and 0. I would, I would say, to me, Gonzaga clearly needs to be the number one seed, and it's not even close in terms of the number one overall. Where do you see them? And then we can look at, you know, the other other seedings and stuff, and no Big Ten teams in the top 16. How do you think Gonzaga should be looked at right now? The Ziggies. So, Mark Few, first of all, respect. This dude has built an unbelievable ah. program and a place where nobody took them seriously and nobody thought Great they could do anything. Job. Yeah. Okay. However, it depends on your philosophy. It's kind of like MVP, right? Is it the MVP or is it the best player? If Gonzaga played Villanova ten times, how many times does Gonzaga win and how many times does Villanova win? I'm I don't know, man. This year it could be oh, five and five. Gonzaga's if good. It's five, five, then, if it's five five, then you know what? The tie goes to Gonzaga. But if you think it's six four, or if you think it's seven three, then I don't have a problem with ranking Gonzaga. I, I, look, they should be on the number one line, especially if they run the table. I'm okay. But then again, I'm okay with them not being the number one overall seed if you don't think that they could beat Villanova or Kansas, or whoever else is a number one and is ranked higher than them. So I, I kind of want to have my cake and eat it too, right? I, I don't I don't think – because the, the difference in their schedule is so tremendous that 
two losses but in a tremendously more difficult league and schedule, I think that means something. So that's yes, fair. That's be a number fair. one. The Big 12 is great, and the Big East is decent, and, Vanilla, and Villanova is defending champs. But to have them the fourth number one seed right now, I think yeah, they've so maybe earned the right. <laughs> well, remember, they beat Arizona. Arizona's fifth in the country right now in the AP Top 25. So it's not like Gonzaga and St. Mary's was, you know, they beat them twice and they were a top 20 team. So it's not like they haven't. And I think, what did they, did they beat Florida or some other ranked team? So, I mean, Gonzaga's got some good wins. I just think everybody's so hyped up on their conference. But it's also a blasphemous, Ray, for people to be like, oh, if they played in the Big Ten. Yeah, and right now St. Mary's is 20, 22 to 21 today. 22 today, sorry. But if they beat... If they oh if they're in the Big Ten they would have three or four losses. Well wait a minute the Big Ten's having a down year. Yeah I love my Terps they're 23. Uh, let's be honest Purdue and Wisconsin they didn't even make the, the top 16. And Purdue 16 Wisconsin is where they moved up to somewhere. They are they moved down to 11. So let's be honest I mean Gonzaga could be in the Big Ten and still be undefeated. It's not like the Big Ten so great. Absolutely. And by the way, if Gonzaga was in the Big Ten, they'd also get better recruits. Mm-hmm. So, you know what I mean? They're recruiting out of right. a big, you know, a, a Power Five power conference. So, Which makes that look, argument, they, exactly, you're right, it makes that argument even sillier. <laughs> they deserve uh, a number one seed. Like I said, I, I'm okay if they're not number one overall. Maybe four is a little dramatic, but if they're two, you know, I can live with that. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, look, big week for Kansas, right? I mean, they're, you know, AP is still Gonzaga, Villanova, Kansas, Baylor, Arizona, uh, UCLA, Oregon, Louisville down to five in the Sweet 16 on the 16 ranking, West Virginia nine, and then our Tar Heels 10. Let me ask you this. Can Kansas survive this week, Ray, because some good battles, uh, one at home tonight, hosting West Virginia, which is... That's a rematch of that loss that they got in Morgantown. Exactly. That's a tough one. And then they go to Baylor. Could Kansas wind up getting swept this week, or do they wind up rising to the top and beating both these teams, which would probably separate them um, and put them even ahead of Villanova and make them number two? What do you think happens with Kansas? You've got to rise up. Rise up. I think they rise up. I think they take revenge <laughs> on West Virginia, and I think they eke out a victory against Baylor, and they win too. Now, if they lost to it, I'd be shocked, no, because West Virginia, West Virginia is a tough team to, to prepare for because Huggy Bear and his press is just one of those things where if you don't have the athletes, you can't even prepare for them in practice. That's and, right. You know, Baylor's a pretty good team. Baylor's a legit top-five team themselves. So I wouldn't be surprised, but I think I think Bill Self turns the corner in February. His teams know what it takes to win, and they'll be fine. Frank Mason Jr., Graham, this kid Josh Jackson, the only thing he can't do is shoot free throws. But, by the way, there's a lot of Josh Jacksons out there, and, and can, we, can we throw some love for Justin Jackson? Ooh, so I think your next child, you need to know Justin Jackson. But there's two of them, right, the Maryland Justin Jackson and the Carolina Justin Jackson. And they're both and good. Guys, and they're both pretty good. You know, Maryland is really good, and I and I love Justin Jackson, him and Barry from North Carolina. They could be the keys to a Final Four run for our Tar Heels. Got to give Virginia Tech a props for upsetting Virginia. I think North Carolina 
this could be a week where they move up if they win at NC State and then, you know, beat Virginia next weekend. So, look, it's going to be great college basketball, good NBA. Watch Kawhi Leonard and Paul George tonight. You want to talk a, a matchup of probably two of the top five small forwards. Um, that's Those two guys are right there with Durant and LeBron. So that should be fun to see Paul George and, uh, and Kawhi go at it, just like uh, Westbrook and John, John Wall, John Wizzy. So uh, great show. Um, you know, I guess tomorrow, Ray and Tay, you know, we got a special guest. So we'll, we'll uh, rock that and have a special show for you on Friday, uh, All-Star Weekend. So it should be uh, very, very interesting as we get into the All-Star break and the trade deadline. And then hopefully next week we'll have uh, some guests for you to talk about the trade and, and the Knicks. Uh, somebody who's been covering the Knicks and very busy. So uh, we'll, we'll uh, get you ready for that. So Ray and Tay is planning some big shows for you coming up uh, February and into March. So should be tons of fun, Ray. Absolutely. So go enjoy the sports week. Kick back. Check back with us during the week. Check us on social media, and we'll be back with our full regular show, regular time, Friday. Have a great sports week. We're out. We're out.